Well, let me tell you something, Lauren. Saturday night's all right for a fight. (laughs) So we're going to do a... This is going to be kind of a... We're doing a fun episode. This is a a for the love of the game episode. Um, Lauren and I have both... It's been a rough week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's been a rough week, I think, for just about everyone we know. Yeah. And us. So it's it's been a lot of collective labor. Yeah. Um so you know Lauren and I both live in Oakland <clears throat> which has been the uh home of a fair amount of fascist white supremacist anti-black violence. Um and we've both been in our own ways um involved in some of the like community organizing that's been happening around that. So we we didn't want to like review an episode just because like recapping you know each episode is that's 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 labor on both of our parts so we wanted to do something that would be fun yeah um and something that's like that could that's fun for its own sake and not because it fits into this sort of wider project yep we're going off book yeah uh, yeah um so uh, I hope you enjoy. Um, and if not, why don't you fucking write me an iTunes review about it? <laughs> <laughs> and if you do like it, more importantly, do write us an iTunes review yeah. about it. Yeah. Share it's... us with your friends. Yeah. Um, so, Lauren, I know we both, we're both committed to the struggle, you know, against authoritarianism. Sure. But sometimes you have to compromise, you know, the the purity of your stance, so that you can participate in the day the daily life under capitalism. Mm-hmm. So I hope you will gracefully accept this burden of being a princess today, because I'm going to show you the world. <laughs> Is it shining, shimmering, and splendid? <laughs> if. You could only let your heart decide. I know that's like a chore for you because I don't think you're really in the Disney machine as much as I am. Because I identify We just did all of the words that I know that are in that song. (laughs) Um, See, as somebody who identifies a lot with Mushu in Mulan, I I think I know the words to all the songs basically up until like 2000. So... So we're good. I do not know all the words to let it go. Then I'm happy. Anyway, so what are we doing today, Jenna? So today we're going to look at other forms. You know, so when I talk about pro wrestling as individually as like a a sport or means of entertainment, there's a concept. I think of it as part of a family, you know, like, you know, to me, pro wrestling is in a lot of ways related to roller derby like to me Hmm. they have a common parentage gotcha you know same with monster trucks yeah um even you know uh i mean same with demolition derbies same with you know i could even all the way get like you know bodybuilding Mm -hmm. you know um or even in some ways beauty pageants like you know those comes out of like you know county fair pageants which are kind of a there's sort a, of there's a trash element there's a class element yeah yeah there's trash is not a nice way to say that but it's like that's sort of like yeah. the idea is that that these are all um entertainment 
avenues that you stoop to. Yeah. They're, they're counterculture. Yes. In some way, even they have counterculture roots, but because of the ways in which like America views it, like the way that America kind of, America kind of views itself as like being working class, Mm -hmm. like a working class country. Um, We are constantly bootstrapping. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, these things which started in, you know, uh, you know, parts of the country where you may not have access to like, you know, a Cineplex yeah. or uh, you may not be able to like catch the symphony, You, but you could catch these other things. Um, uh, I say that realizing that, you know, pro wrestling had a very strong foothold in New York um, during a time when there were a ton of Italian immigrants, like... Um, like Itali- like immigrants who identified as Italian, and it was actually uh, very common for like Italian wrestlers to sing opera songs um, as part of like being a babyface. That's like how Gorilla Monsoon uh, got his start before he became like the Manchurian cannibal. Um, okay, what opera was considered wrestling accessible? Like what composer? I mean, it would it would be stuff probably by Buccini. Gotcha. You know, um, it's like but like. You know, uh, Italy is, like, you know, a place where, like, opera is considered, like, sort of mainstream, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, I see wrestling as, you know, pro wrestling, I see that as part of a family. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, and just like how every family tree has, like, family trees that spring from each of its branches, you know, um, depending on who who you count as, like, the nexus of your family, right? You know? like wrestling has its own children. Pro wrestling is part of this like family tree of you know sort of class you know working class like pursuits that eventually became part of like mainstream culture. Like pro wrestling is it, itself part of a like a, a sort of interlocking interweaving family of wrestling and from which you have like you know the 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 Greek Greco-Roman, mm-hmm. you know, all the way down to, like, you know, uh, amateur and, like, you know, and then, you know, you have, like, branching out from there, you have, you know, some of these kinds of wrestling. We, we're looking, we, today we're going to, like, look at, like, two different types of, like, wrestling as a sport and, like, two other ways of, of wrestling as a means of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, like, two wrestling through two different sort of family lenses today, um, you know, uh, first or second cousins, you could even okay. you could even say. Um, today we're gonna we're gonna kiss all the cousins. <laughs> Ain't that America? <laughs> all right, so uh, I th- I thought we would kind of start in like sort of rel- like we'd start with a relative of American pro wrestling, go outside of America, and then come back. To okay, a cousin of American pro wrestling. So. Uh, we started with uh, we started with a type of wrestling that has a lot of different names, mm-hmm. um, and so we're talking about the practice and like medium of entertainment of like um, mostly women wrestling like for erotic purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this has been called it's called session wrestling. Sometimes it's called apartment wrestling. Um, uh, it's sometimes there's also like and that that branches off into like cat fighting mm-hmm. where like you know where it's like apartment wrestling or session wrestling usually usually when a client hires a 
wrestler to come wrestle them privately um, for, you know, uh, uh, love and money or love and, for love and for, yeah. Um, for kind of sexy time reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, not saying that wrestlers inherently are having sex with these sorts of clients, but because, but it is supposed to be sort of an erotic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, uh, there's also, uh, cat, there's cat fighting, which usually when, come over um, and fight my girlfriend or yeah, or like you get two women to wrestle so that you can take pictures of them. So question. Yeah. I have some questions. So we watched some clips. Yeah. Is this type of wrestling and maybe you don't know the answer and that's okay. So when you book a session with this sort of wrestler, uh-huh. is the idea to live inside a WWE experience or to be really wrestled by these people? I mean, I think that that really depends on the client. Okay. Um, yeah. Because uh, it feels like a real blend of like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, like there's some, some clients who want to be wrestled competitive, like semi-competitively mm-hmm. and there's some that just want it to be, um, I've seen contracts that like, you know, sort of quote contracts that you, you do with, you know, for this where like you, uh, indicate whether, you know, whether or not you're going to lose. Um, and that's like, that's mutually agreed upon by both partners, mm-hmm. um, before they get into so what did you think of the clips of... So who, specifically, whose clips of session wrestling did we watch? So we watched um, uh, Hollywood of Hollywood and Vine. Uh, she does a lot of session wrestling. I think still now. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is fairly current. I think her, her reel was from 2013. So it's, it's pretty, re- pretty recent. Um, she, she is the only one I know of the Glowcast that's doing this particular type of work. Or at least advertising it. Um, but she is very openly doing session wrestling. Uh, she looks great. She looks really good. Um, and it was kind of interesting to see her do it in this capacity because I think how you sell this kind of wrestling looks very different. Yeah. The outfits are great. Actually, mm-hmm. the outfits are kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough. You know, I, I know that the these, like, I know that these are meant to be, like, staged fights, but I totally believe that, like, a guy would, um, a, like, a guy would pay a woman hundreds of dollars to come wrestle him in his fucking cargo pants. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever wrestled in a session wrestling session? Um, not quite. I've done, uh, I've done training and sparring with sex workers to kind of teach them some wrestling moves it's kind of like a on my first day at Stoner University um I told another student that I had now finally been I'm transitioning to learning how to wrestle standing up um which they all they all find really funny yeah I'm sure (laughs) are are wrestlers booking session wrestling um if they're I mean I'm gonna guess not actually I mean it's one of I think it's one of those things where like that would depend on the person, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there have been um, a lot of cases with women wrestlers where men will pester them in their DMs. Yeah. For for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that happen, and I am not a wrestler. So, yeah. You know, uh, I can only imagine that it's like. I'm sure he so would. So much worse. I'm sure he would have loved to mansplain you doing a figure four leg lock, whether or not. 
You were a real wrestler. He was like, come out to the sunset, I'll pay you $200. And I was like, not worth it. <laughs> Nobody would hear me scream in the sunset. Yikes. It's just to be the comedy episode. Sorry, did I make it too real? <laughs> I would love to just do session wrestling because I've never had a job where I could upsell people. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, if you want the full Nelson, it'll be 20 bucks extra. <laughs> oh, you priced too low. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's more that... Uh, um, it's like each half Nelson is 30 bucks, but if you get the full, it's 10 bucks off. Nice. Yeah, so of, naturally, by nature of this sort of art, yeah. there was not a ton of it on YouTube. And, uh, <laughs> hmm. yeah, I wonder why. Um, I'm sure we could find more of it on porn sites, but it would also be a very specific kind of session wrestling. Yeah, and also, um, I don't believe in... Uh, tube sites. Yep. Um, pay for your porn, people. That's right. It's a job. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, you can find it uh, on on websites that are not Pornhub or mm-hmm. PornTube. You can say, like, but yeah, like so. There's there's a whole series, a whole like industry of like porn sites that are just like women wrestling. So you know, like stuff like Ultimate Surrender. Mm-hmm. Would that have like would that kind of wrestling have any appeal to you as a queer woman? Like, um, I mean, yes. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for. It's hard for in porn. Yeah, is what it really is. Is it so? And I and I think some of it is I have maybe a lower threshold, especially with women, and and a lot of that queer porn. So some of it's me. I acknowledge this, but I do think that that would be really really interesting. I I sort of see it as like the like kind of struggling archetypes of like of like strong women which i think is really 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 cool Mm -hmm. um i like all pornography the thing that i generally object to is the dialogue (laughs) (laughs) and maybe and i worry and see having having at one point or another and i would like to apologize frequented a porn tube site I have seen snippets of that, and I was not into the dialogue. <laughs> and there is something a little bit like, I think some of it is the immunity. Like when men are terrible to women, I'm like, well, of course. But when women are like terrible to women, even in a sexual erotic yeah. context, especially when it feels like it's for a male audience, I'm like. <sighs> but I do not want to eclipse. The uh, lesbians out there who like that kind of talk and who like to be talked to that way in bed, it's fine. Good for you. So that's why I've never really, like, sought it out, I think. Yeah. I think I also didn't have a context for it. I think I'm, I'm one of these people that needs to know, like, why something is important. We've talked about this before. It had to do with this comics. That's why, like, you know, I, I don't necessarily experience fandoms genuinely anymore i have to be like so why is this important to you yeah and i have to like kind of reverse engineer into a fandom and so maybe now i would feel like way differently about it because you know i have a little bit of wrestling context wrestling is this way is this wrestling is an art that kind of like digs its hand deep into the tauntaun corpse that is time Mm -hmm. to fish my body wherever it is you know, like it, it transcends, like I, there, I cannot put enough years between me and like that initial spark of wrestling and like, it's mother's milk. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 
before I came out, you know, I was that like, I was that like egg who was just like really, really into fucking fantasy games as like a way to process. <laughs> and, you know, very into, also into games I've played in Halo tournaments. Um, I used to have a uh, baseball jersey that I won for coming in the finals of a Smash Brothers tournament. So, you know, um, yeah, and then I came out and I worked on being this person that I wanted to be rather than this person who could create facsimiles of the person I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't game as much now, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I have, I have close to the life that I want, um, but wrestling never lets me know, never lets me forget where I am, you know, uh, where I come from, you know. Um, Ultimate Surrender and, like, some others, uh, Ultimate Surrender has a point system. Mm. Um, like, they keep score. It's meant to be legitimate um, or be seen as legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made some edits to the point system. Um, and And some people weren't thrilled with that. And... That involved me hanging out with an Ultimate Surrender wrestler um, who at some point was like, they changed the scoring and now it sucks. And I had this moment where I felt that like I had been slapped so hard in the face by time that I could see my like gaming self like, you know, just this like single phrase that like rhymes my past with my present and then like wrestling is this like you know is this light coming from an unseen corner being like i've always seen you you can never get away from me i think you're in an abusive relationship with wrestling (laughs) i feel a little bit like this is like sleeping with the enemy but with wrestling well, was uh, was that Catherine Zeta-Jones? No, it was Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Man, that early 90s, my husband is stalking me and I get to shoot him films. That was like a whole genre. You know, it sort of ties it back to the burning bed. We, we, we really have a brand here. Why haven't any wrestlers had a burning bed gimmick? You know, like... Were they the bed? Well, no, were they like maybe pile... Like, that's their signature is like... Uh, you know, sort of like how Triple H hits people with a sledgehammer, um, and Mankind chokes them with a sock, like, you know, um, uh, birth of the bed burner, whatever. Yeah, Um, actually, what would be your entirely too expensive to insure gimmick move, Jetta? (laughs) What would yours be? What would get the fire department involved in your wrestling career? Um, I always thought it'd be fun to, to be... Celtic frosting, yes. the death metal baker, uh-huh. um, and then like my finishing move could be pile driving somebody on a cake, Love and it. then maybe the cake could I could light the candles first. I like it. Um, just re- a, a flaming shot, but yummy. <laughs> well, recently there was a there was this like viral clip going around where um, these two wrestlers were in a wrestling match, and one of them soaked his the right leg of his tights in gasoline lit it on fire and then jumped off the top of him leg dropped the guy and the fire didn't go out (laughs) and so this guy inside of a steel cage uh in front of like you know maybe 50 people like literally just like 
set his leg on fire. Um, so... You cannot see my face. But the sheer weary panic that is being expressed. Just just picture it. Let me let me paint you a word picture. My entire face just scrunched up like a balloon animal. That had been punched in the face. And you know, and honestly, this is part of why I think it's so important to like to recognize wrestling as part of a larger spectrum of stuff because I feel like the urge to light your leg on fire and then jump on a guy, um, you know, in front of a, in a place where at some point in time in history, a livestock action auction has definitely happened. Not a livestock action. That would be cool. Like, you know, just like goats with signs that say abolish ice. Yeah. I'd be so into that. just picturing like the who's we are here and like Horton here's a who but it's just like sheep have you actually spent much time at county fairs um we shall not be moved (laughs) and yes uh I have I went to I went to the county fair all the time when I was in Arizona did you have NASPIG Um, at any of your county fairs maybe okay um I never, Sorry, I clearly have outed myself as somebody who's been to a county fair before. I always, yeah. I've also been to a Scottish Highland Festival in my day, and a Ren Fair. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I'm so fancy in my weird. Man, the Highland, Highland going to the Highland Games must suck for you. That's like a diet that's like eighty percent fucking sheep guts. It is very haggisy, but it is fun to watch men through telephone poles. <laughs> That's the gimmick. Bring that. Okay, that's mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like the urge, like the the creative urge that would make you do that, comes from that sort of place that feels like you have to keep kind of upping this non-existent ante, because like you know you you've like been conditioned to view wrestling as just a spectacle of violence and not something that can be anything, you know. Or storytelling. Right, you know. Um So that's why it's important for me that like we look at a lot of these different types of wrestling because like not all wrestling wrestling can be anything you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um but you can lead a horse uh to slaughter. Okay. <laughs> Just going okay. Sorry. I was going to say you can lead a horse, you know, you could you could lead a horse to an ice uh, occupation, but you can't make him drum circle. But you had to go, whoo! Sorry. It's been one of those weeks. Yeah. But yes, that is true. I do know this about horses. Very, very, very flaky when it comes to the drum circle. <laughs> I've told you about my long-standing grudge against horses, right? No, I. this is the first time I've ever heard this. Okay, I have a lot of animus towards horses. Okay. One, I don't believe they have bones. I don't believe they have central nervous system. I am the flat earther of horses. Why? I think they are large sacks filled to the broom with poop. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Two, they are very poorly constructed. Oh, okay. Don't like that. 
That's not useful to me. Three, finicky. You're bigger than me. You can't be more nervous than me. That's not gonna work. Four, too many teeth. <laughs> Are you like this like weird crappy kind of a werewolf that becomes Mark Marin under a blood moon? <laughs> Where is this coming from? So I grew up around, like, not around around horses, but in proximity to horses. And I I kept reading those, like, books as a kid where those plucky tomboys get along good with horses. And horses and I have never gotten along good. And I've ridden plenty of them. And, like, my family was big into horse trading back in yonder days. Back when we were all part of the Ingalls family. But I don't like them. I find horse girls kind of irritating. I think it's some sort of weird clannish, like, I don't, I don't like them. They're not that useful. I don't understand why cops get to have them. I think that should stop. But I don't think that cops should have bicycles. So there you go. <laughs> no, no guns, no bicycles, no horses. The end. Also no jobs. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of, like, horse, like, you just described, you just like described uh, prison abolition through like the most cliche country song. You've made prison abolition suck more. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Okay. It's like a Tom T. Hall song. <laughs> we could rewrite this to faster horses. <laughs> All right, next up. Um, uh, Lauren and I watched some Turkish oil wrestling. And for those playing along at home, make sure you put Turkish oil yeah. in your search. So You'll when, get a different type of wrestling. So when you told me about this, I was like, oh, lube wrestling. I've heard of this. Yeah. Uh, from you. Yes. Uh, but actually, that turns out to be session wrestling more than anything else. Yeah, uh, really. this, this is very different. This is or a, foxy boxing that would like... It would be, yeah. So this is the national... So uh, oil wrestling is the national sport of Turkey. Yes. Um, they use uh, olive oil, which I was impressed by, and I don't know why I have that strong a feeling about it, but apparently I do. Well, so, how much do you how much do you pay for a bottle of extra virgin olive oil? Oh, I don't think I've ever paid more than $8. Oh, wow. Why? What do you pay? I mean, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I do don't... you to buy some olive oil? <laughs> no, I, um, I, I don't... I see it as just moisturizing. I'm like, God, their hair and skin I, is great I... for this. I don't like olive oil for cooking. Um, I like it for, um, I like it for sauces. Yeah. Um, it burns really easily. Yeah. Like I like it in where the, uh, I like it in like, um, you know, like making it in a spaghetti sauce mm -hmm. or. You can make it in a dip too. Just dip the bread in it. It's yeah. Bread. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has a very low, uh, has a very low smoke point. I much prefer peanut oil or, um, even, uh, great peanut for frying, especially like, yeah. especially frying French fries. Like you should be. Frying your french fries in peanut oil. Bob's Burgers Cookbook agrees with me. We have brand synergy. Don't look at me. I mean, unless you have an allergy, and then please don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, in Turkish oil wrestling, uh, it's not like sumo wrestling, which is coming up next, where... Um, yeah, the, this is definitely like pro professional wrestling, not in a WWE kind Yeah, of but it's a, like, it's very ritualistic. Yes. You know, like... The opponents hold hands before, like, before taking to the field. I actually so it's, really liked that. I yeah. Really, like, I liked the camaraderie and respect. Uh, so in, so in uh, Turkish oil wrestling, um, wrestlers uh, covered in olive oil and water wrestle each other outside in the sun. Um, and the grass. In, in grass, yeah. Uh, which, 
Like, that, to me, that's, like, harder. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds, like, more intimidating than the actual wrestling itself is, like, being covered in a viscous, non-breathing fluid. And then leather pants, which yeah. also don't breathe. Yeah. So you're slippery and then very steamy below the waist. And, like, my move here to win this would just be to, like, sort of throw myself on top of this person and hope to, like, knock them down. Because, like, you're so slippery and you can't keep your footing. But, yeah. So this was this was really interesting. It took me... Uh, I, I had a very unclear idea of how the rules were. Yeah. Because it works very different. And some of it is I don't know how wrestling is. I'm like, oh, you pin them. But, like, how the pins look are very different mm-hmm. here. Also, there's a pants element that I'm not used yeah, to. Yeah. There's a... There's a... It, yeah, it's different in that, like, uh, Turkish oil wrestling is, like, the first, like, it's, it's like, the reverse, the floor is lava. It's, like, yeah. um, <laughs> the, the sky is out of bounds. Yeah. So, like, the, if you, if your, uh, if your belly button is, like, goes up, you yeah. know, if you're turned up on your belly button facing, uh, the sky, you lose. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, you can be lifted up and carried five five steps. And that's a pin. And I'm, I mean, like, that's a feat. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've, it just, I'm not used to seeing that as a pin. Um, or that that being kind of what you seek out. Because I think a lot of the, the wrestling that I see is a very specific kind of entertainment. It's, it's, it's strange. Like, so we, I looked at this and it's like, there's a whole element in which you're allowed to stick your hand down your opponent's pants. And I kept kind of waiting for it to be gay. And yet it was not. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to me how, like, this very, like, sexualized exchange of, like, touching a man below the waist could just be, like, sporty. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't, like, it did, and, and, and I thought that was sort of interesting in how it tied back to pro wrestling in America of how, like, when women do pro wrestling, it's sort of eroticized. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, men doing pro wrestling in their underwear, you're weird if you read that into as an erotic yeah. exchange. Yeah, I mean, like, the f- first move that we saw in the first women's wrestling, like, first move that the women in the first season of Glower taught in the show is the hair mirror, which is, like, a holdover from cat fighting. Yeah. You know? Like, that's how entrenched in sexualization, like, women's wrestling historically has been. You know, um, and yet on the flip side, you can have men oiled up, like feeling each other, literally like trying to like get inside each other's pants. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of seen, you know, and I don't disagree that yeah. it's like, ma- it's like about like, you know, masculine, ma- masculine power and camaraderie. And I mean, I think we that. should be able but, to have more of that. I think we should be able to have more like full body physicality exchanges that are not sexualized on both sides. Um, And then also be okay with full body exchanges that are sexualized. Yeah. Would you, would you do oil wrestling? I mean, I'm a vegan, so I'm not allowed to wear the pants. So Mm. this is a challenge, but also I'm like, man, I'd walk away with such beautiful skin. Mm -hmm. Like, like maybe spas are pointless. Maybe we should. Do if, okay, this. so if you get a friend who's like, "Hey, I have this old office chair, and I will make special wrestling hand down your pants." Okay. Uh, pants for you to compete in this I thing. Do would think you? I'd, I'd look good in those pants. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down. All okay. right, I'd do it. I'd probably try it. I think, I mean, like, the thing that I'd mostly be worried about with that wrestling, and this is such a, like, this is such a, I'm 30 and I gotta worry about this now thing, is I'm like, I'm not gonna have the right footing and I'm gonna bust my knee. Yeah. Like, that's my only real concern. What about you, Jetta? Would you do this sort of thing? I don't know. Um, really depends if I'm, like, on my hydration game. So, I recently quit. So, I'm currently doing, an exp- like, a body chemistry experiment. Um, I've stopped taking spironolactin. Um, spironolactin is one of the ingredients in... Uh, one of the drugs that is usually featured in a hormone replacement therapy regimen. It's an antiandrogen. Um, it's also a diuretic. So, uh, f- I mean, basically since I was 19, I have never woken up without feeling like there was a watermelon in my bladder. Like, uh, it's a, I've always, like, yeah, like for most of, all of my adult life, basically, I've... Bodies had, are pointless. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that hasn't been great for yeah. wrestling. Um, I could see the challenge there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so to try and like see if I can learn, um, if I can learn like better water retention um, under duress, like I'm trying, um, I'm trying like certain herbal supplements that have been, sh- that have shown to have like impacts on testosterone production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying that and boy, was that a hard decision to make? Because um, wrestling is like one of the best things that has ever happened to me, and yet it still involved me uh, holding a pack of herbal, a bunch of different herbal teas at Sprouts, standing across from the hom- uh, homeopathy section, <laughs> singing, if- singing, uh, you know, Johnny Cash's version of "Hurt" in my head. Oh God. <laughs> Um, so whether or not I would do this is basically on how much water I'm drinking, because like the thing people don't know about like wrestling with a like oily viscous fluid is like you burn up very fast. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah, that's another thing to consider is that I do not have a ton of melanin, uh, and I would sizzle very quickly. (laughs) Like... I would burn very quickly. It's like it's like laying your body in Crisco. Like it, it's yeah. just you gotta you gotta be kind of like aware of that. It's easy to, and it's not just like oh I get a sunburn. You dehydrate really quickly. Yeah, you overheat because there's nowhere for, like you know uh, these wrestlers, um, like Turkish oil wrestlers, um, they like mix it with water because yes. they know otherwise they'll fucking die of heat stroke. But like you know I've done like lube wrestling where. You know, I can feel myself begin to have, like, heat exhaustion, you know, from just wrestling in this, like, imp- like you know, this, like, non-Newtonian layer. fluid, you know? Wow. Okay. And so- that, and by that, I mean lube, not semen, which is an actual non-Newtonian fluid. <laughs> I learned so much from our podcast. <laughs> so the next thing uh, we watched um, was uh, we just watched some sumo wrestling. We did. Um, I'm actually a big fan of sumo wrestling. Okay. Uh, I mean, you could do whole other, like whole other podcast series about like the complex the like the the complexity of sumo wrestling, both like within itself, like uh, within like the culture that makes up the culture and the politics that makes up sumo wrestling, um, and it's just like its its historical roots in like 
you know, um, feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, samurai, uh, sumo wrestlers are really, you know, modern day samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's one of the bigger, I think, you know, being an American, I think one of the bigger surprises of sumo wrestling is that, you know, we in America, in the West, are like, we think of sumo wrestling as just like, you know, fat people bopping bellies. Yeah. You know? We have those outfits that always make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sumo wrestling, it's, it's very, um, I mean, I hate describing any sport as physical, but it's very... It's redundant, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yes, I think the whole, like, the commentary on the fact that they are not made of abs is... Well, and I asked you this as we were watching it, because, like, when we were first going through this, the, we watched Sumo first, and I said, so, you know, the the aesthetic of WWE, where it is bodybuilders, they're bodybuilders, yeah. like, more than anything else, is that something that exists in in other kinds of wrestling other places? And you basically said no. Uh, that the responsiveness and sort of the more natural state of the body, especially in the sport of wrestling, is much more valued, which makes me feel good because I kind of think that, like, I don't know that I want to see, like, bodybuilders do stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this isn't to say that, like, other wrestlers and other types of wrestling aren't held to a standard. I would say that, I would say that in Japan... Or that they aren't building their bodies. Yeah. I would say that in Japan they're much more thigh people than ab people. Yeah. Um, That's true. Their thighs are quite ripply. Like, yeah, like all the Japanese wrestlers I know, like, have incredible thighs. Yeah. Um, Uh, And my best, my best event, as if I'm competing, I'm not, uh, is squat. It turns out that, like, and so, like, the big joke that I have is the reason that I work out is because I need to toss Nazis off of cliffs. Mm -hmm. And the second that they start tossing themselves, I will stop working out. (laughs) I look forward to that day. But in the meantime, they're not, so here I am. And so, like, squat is, like, always been something that's very easy for how my body is built. Deadlift, I'm useless. Um, Which would probably also be very useless in wrestling. Deadlift, specifically. You you know you just set yourself up to, like... You you you've cursed yourself into being a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. Just you know, you'll you're gonna be like, you know, uh, until every last Nazi. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna be wandering the earth with a face. You'll be like, yeah, you'll be throwing like your your ghost will be in. You know, um, throwing, like, Nazis off of, like, the local Michaels. <laughs> Works for me. Anyway. <laughs> It'll be, oh, my, my progeny will be like, I was trained, like my mother trained, <laughs> to do the, the sacred art of Nazi unhurling. <laughs> No, uh, as my trainers always say, like, there's no cardio like ring cardio. That's true. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't, I haven't done much lifting. Um, I mean, no. lifting Re- So recently, I, yeah, recently I was, uh, I interviewed for a job in a kitchen, and they were like, yeah, you know, you'll have to help, like, pick up uh, and put away, like, you know, grocery, like, produce deliveries and carrying, like, 50 pounds at once. So I was like, it would be great to talk, to pick up something that can't talk back to me, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <once."> no kidding. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
watch all of a sudden like vegetables start talking to you like you end up some sort of weird witchy experience where you can hear what vegetables yeah. think but also like i said like i'm a thigh person so like for me i knew that like i was making progress when like i felt comfortable enough to wear booty shorts mm-hmm. so like my you see my typical wrestling outfit it's yeah black hoodie black booty shorts black thigh highs yep uh and then a black like forever 21 bodysuit underneath mm-hmm. um feeling sexy these days yeah good it feels it feels great to like have a body and not in like you know i feel like within the last few years i've tra- i've like transitioned from feeling like i am a head and like a brain and like a Mm-hmm. thoughts you know yep um attached to like somebody and that like what was attractive about me were my thoughts and like getting to where was like oh i could someone could be attracted to me for my body and that would mean that i would have to stop constantly trying to like impress or please them because they like me and don't have to be convinced but enough of that boring shit oh i was gonna talk about how uh, exercise is a grounding experience for me oh sorry no it's okay <laughs> I just wanted to get back onto sumo because I love sumo wrestling. Okay, well, let's talk about sumo wrestling. What did you, what did you think of the sumo wrestling? So, I actually, this is the one I understood the most. Uh-huh. And I was kind of the most impressed with. Okay. Like, it, it was actually the one that I could kind of, like, I, I would, I liked seeing, and some of this might be because I, it might be because I don't see enough, like, I almost said real wrestling, but that's not what I mean. Uh... Traditional sport wrestling. Okay, okay, okay. Let's say that. So, like, the leverage of movement, instead of it being about the collaborative acrobatics that a, a set does together, which is always very impressive to me about, you know, what we consider, like, WWE, pro wrestling, fake wrestling, whatever your deal is. Um, this is more about, like, the leverage of the body against a great force. Because these are big guys. And, mm-hmm. and I don't just mean, like... It's not like a cheap fat joke. Like, they're broad and quite tall, a lot of them. And so to see kind of, like, the the maneuverability of the body, like, independently, where it's, like, you know, how somebody can use uses their height as an advantage or it's their disadvantage is, is very, very interesting to me as somebody who is a traditional sport person. So this is the one that I understood the most because it really took I had to google the Turkish wrestling mm. rules because I could not figure out what the rules were <laughs> whereas this one was like okay if you get out of the circle or if you fall down it looks like those are like how you get out um, and how you lose so so part of um, so part of how sumo wrestlers maintain that frame um, is through uh, eating a lot yeah um, well, and, and, and that's sort of, I guess, like, as, as somebody who's just, you know, who started uh, lifting last year, like, you do eat a lot, but, yeah. like, you need a lot. Yeah. Like, you are made. It's amazing how much food you need. So the most common way for sumo wrestlers to put on weight is, like, the most common dish that is used is called uh, chankanabe. Okay. And it's a type of... It's uh, just butter, isn't it? <laughs> um, sea fish and noodles. Really? Uh, Tell me more. Sea, seafood. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, there's river fish. They're not sea fish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, it's a type of meat and noodle kind of uh, catch-all stew. Okay. Um, that they eat in, like, very big quantities. And there's some restaurants in Japan that specialize in, like, making this specific type of food, like, available to, to lay people. I mean, if you had oils, you could get the calories up to where you need. Yeah. 
Because I, I was, it was one of these YouTube videos where it's like, what does the rock eat in a day? We're going to eat what the rock eats. And I love food and I love eating. And that looked not fucking fun. Like yeah. it didn't, it didn't. And that's the rock. And he is not a sumo wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can only imagine what like 10,000 calories is like, like that's, that's a job. Yeah. And we think of a lot of like food as a job as restriction. Sometimes it's not. And that doesn't look any more fun to me. Yeah. Um, what would you say mm-hmm. is like your, like your caloric max? If you're like, if you're like weightlifting regularly. Yeah, we're doing it. We're a podcast. We're a women podcast of ladies. Yep. Talking about ladies grappling. And we're going to talk finite caloric values, which is, I feel like such a... I feel like this is, like, the first time we're committing kind of, like, a girl crime. Yeah, we are. Because, you know, we're supposed to be empowered enough to not talk about whatever protein is. Um, If I had my way of, like, the amount of food I was always allowed to have, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Quote, allowed. Wow. See? Patriarchy's gotten into my head. I can eat as many calories as I fucking want. Yeah. (laughs) But I have to, like, tell myself that. Um, It'd be somewhere in the 3,000s. Yeah. 3,500s. Um, which, which means that sumo wrestlers are obligated to eat 7,000 more calories than I could ever want. Job. <laughs> like, um, I'm, I'm probably in the third, the 3,000 to 3,500 range. Uh, I'm, I'm currently working now. So like how some of, and it's not traditionally, it's, it's bodybuilding like, but what I was kind of trying to do initially was going through a gain cycle and then going through a cutting cycle. And then I was like a month into a cutting cycle, um, where I was eating like 1800 calories a day with very certain, like kind of percentages of how protein and things broke down. And I realized that I have a life and I'm going to need to stress eat. And I like, I have hormonal fluctuations and, uh, my cat died this year and fuck this and fuck you. Uh, so now I'm just going to work out every day. And then I'll eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And that's my new plan. Because <laughs> I didn't know that was a plan. Like, because some of what you eat does Im- impact how your body sh- it looks and how you build your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's that's kind of the cosmetic version of your body. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to see a little bit more of the muscles I'd gained. That's all. Like, it wasn't like I was trying to, like, you know, kind of move towards a bodybuilding type situation. But basically, I got told by someone who was helping me train, like, I'm like, okay, what do we have other than cutting? And they said, you know, you, you work out every day and, you know, you do, you do on, off, on, off, on, off. With one, it, so it's like, you know, strength training, next day, cardio, next day, rest, next day, strength. And I was just like, and then, and then it's like, and then you can eat whatever you want. And I was like, why wasn't that option A? Why have you been sitting on this? <laughs> But also, like, the person that was helping me train is somebody who naturally has a very high metabolism. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that I'm going to have, kind of, quote, the results that, like, that they would have. Because there's somebody who struggles to gain weight. Um, which is also a very real thing. And, like, bodies are complicated. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation now where I'm like, I want to be able to eat up to 3,500 calories a day and have it not be a fucking issue yeah. at all. And not even have to blink. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of my goal. What about you, Jetta? Where are you at? I don't know. Um, like, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, basically eat when I'm hungry, and when I'm hungry, I try to eat protein. Um, 
What do you do for protein? Uh, a lot of eggs. Eggs are good. Uh, a lot of eggs, a lot of um, a lot of pork, a lot of chicken, mm-hmm. a lot of beef. Um, I, you know, I, what I'll do is I'll go to like the local Korean market and I'll buy a bunch of like cheap meat and then, you know, marinate it so that, you know, I'm not, you know, when I, when I, you know, when I get off, when I'm done with practice and I'm like, ugh, I'm so hungry, you know, it's not like, uh, instead of being like, oh, I'll just like buy some takeout, I'm like, oh, I have some satay chicken and I have some barbecue like uh, Chinese barbecue pork, you know, waiting for me. I just got to like put it, you know, uh, I got to put it in the oven or on on the pan like that. Do you do much protein powder? No. Um, I'm never able to do that because I've tried the protein powder, but like I've never done it so that like I feel full. Oh, no, no. It's never a meal replacement. Yeah. This is the, okay. We're women and we're going to talk about what we eat and I yeah. don't care if you're upset about it. So... You know that thing where people eat Soylent so that they can work forever and, like, exacerbate? Right. That's, fuck that. You, after a workout, what I would recommend is that you have a protein powder that's either, you know, adaptable enough that you can mix in something that it makes it good and just chug it. And then you have a meal. Um, and that's, I think, the difference. Uh, I will add protein powder to meals I'm already having. Like, I can use it as a thickening agent for soup, which is okay. Um, I tried putting it in pancakes. That was a mistake. I also mixed it with bourbon and Coke. Also a mistake. Yeah, I remember that. That was bad. Uh, I was going through a dark time. Uh, but the the best thing that I put it in is uh, overnight oats. Mm, yeah, for yeah. For breakfast. So it's like, so I will go and do a workout, usually a lifting workout. Then I will come home and I will throw cocoa powder, sugar, almond milk, and pr- pea protein into nice. like into my blender and just chug it. And then I have breakfast. Like it's just it's just a recovery tool. It, mm-hmm. the, it's not meal replacer. <laughs> Yeah. And and like, this is what I want to tell people is I'm like, it doesn't have to be the worst thing on the planet in that it's like, it's kind of like a supplement. Like, I'm like, it's something that you do to kind of give your body that quick burst of protein to recover and build up that muscle. But it, it should never be food. Like, yeah. unless, unless you're doing triple, triple shots of it. You're, cause you're going to need to get the, the calories up. So if you're going to have a like 600 calorie, you know, protein shake where it's mostly protein powder and not like peanut butter or like a lot of fruit or other things you're gonna need a lot of protein powder nobody fucking wants that just chew chewing is great i love eating (laughs) that's like one of my i don't have traditional wrestling goals Mm -hmm. because like i know i'm not ashamed of being like a fat trans woman and being a wrestler and i'm not disappointed at all in like i'm not disappointed in what wrestling's given me so far so like i don't i don't necessarily think it's quote limiting myself or selling myself short like i know i know what i what i can expect and i'm happy with what i've received um it's part of your landscape yeah so like i don't have traditional you know i'm not going to be on wwe i'm not going mm-hmm. to you know i'm probably never going to become quote like an indie superstar you know mm-hmm. um but i have so I, I have goals that are like important to me you know, like that are, you know, unique to me, and like those are things that I can achieve and feel. And one of them is to uh, eat a bunch of sumo wrestling stew with a bunch of like, other wrestlers that we get high together, and we we try to do this. And this like that sounds a, really beautiful, actually. Yeah, it's like that's that's not, you know, that's not, you know, be a main event wrestler or whatever. But like those are those are like the small ones. Um, 
small ones that I have. I mean, there's also my vision board of all the people who I want to hurt me one day. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that sounds really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I I love that. I and I I love that. Um, okay. So another part of like I think this is just sort of like part of being a femme is that your body is something you're always supposed to be working on. Yeah. You're always supposed to be working on yourself to take up less space in some way or another. Yeah. Be more this. Be my, less that. Don't be too much in general. Um, and, and we're all afraid to talk about our food and how, how we eat and what we eat and how, what we really weigh. Because it's like, one, it's triggering for a lot of people. Like a lot of us are recovering from eating disorders. A lot of us thought we were supposed to have them. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like that, that fine line between exposure. And I think in a lot of sports, especially for men, um, pragmatic eating styles are just are just eating disorders. Like I remember having friends on the wrestling team and what they would do to make weight was just, was an eating disorder. Like it was, it's, it's going to have long-term negative effects on their bodies. It's, it's really bad. Um, and so, you know, normally like the, we're all supposed to be like accepting each other. I think maybe we talk about what we weigh and I think we talk about what we eat and we talk about it in a way that's not us working on it or like, trying to fix it um and we we don't we don't apologize for it we're allowed to feel bad about our bodies like they're ours I, I get to feel how about my body however i want um and i also understand that how i feel about my body i was made to feel by like the world at large but like maybe i just get to accept that like it's very unlikely that i'm ever going to be under 200 pounds it's not gonna happen and like Okay. Speaking of 200 pounds, do you know what happens when you're 200 pounds and throw yourself off a fucking roof? You die. You <laughs> die, you fucking idiots. And those are the words the Michael's roof throwing Madam Ghost shrieked into the night. I ain't afraid of no Ghostbuster. God. Okay, so... So we watched some backyard wrestling. So backyard wrestling, when we were watching it, so it's bad. I yeah. Think, I think there, and some of it was the clips we were watching, but also it was bad. Yeah. The, and it's not just bad because it's like in someone's backyard. It's bad because I'm pretty convinced that all those people are dead now. Like just the amount of injury, the amount of danger, the amount of like bad acting. It's, it's bad. Um, so jackass. Yeah, this so a- let's. I want to be clear here. Yeah, that you know we just spent some time watching sumo wrestling. Yeah, and Turkish oil wrestling. Yes, like which are these beautiful pastimes, beautiful traditions, and then session wrestling, which is very artful. Which is artful and comes from its own. Like I would say that session wrestling in a lot of ways comes from burlesque. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of a lot of pinup girls, you know, made money like being in catfight photo shoots or doing catfight videos. Like, there's, you know, at least a tradition. Like, and, you know, uh, sumo and, you know, oil wrestling have these long, you know, long legacies that, like, have intense cultural resonance and importance with, like, the people of those, like, civilizations. And I just want to be very clear that, like, we just put back our wrestling at the end here as a laugh mm-hmm. to, like... Laugh at something Please bad. Please do not do this. It is not ever at like all. Like the yeah. Like not. Don't try this at home. Just don't. Like don't it is try. not. We're not comparing that. Like backyard wrestling is not. Um, it it's your uncle. 
It's your uncle doing a backflip off a four-wheeler that your nephew is driving. Like, it's it's that. It, it's, it's... Wait. Your uncle... Yes. You can have a nephew. And, okay... Some rednecks live a long time. You, you, like, I love that, like, you looked at Backyard Wrestling and immediately thought, blended families. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so we watched some, some Backyard Wrestling. Mm. Um, I used to be a Backyard Wrestler. No shit, really? How are you not dead? <laughs> um, but really... <laughs> People flew off of roofs onto tables but missed the tables and landed face first on the ground, okay? I cannot describe the... Like, it just... It was like America's Funniest Home Videos, which are just really awful. Okay. Go ahead. No, I, I would say that the... So, I yeah. I, I did back our wrestling in high school. Um, <laughs> in high school. Now um, I get it. Yeah. Um... I would say that the worst injury I ever got was, um, the reason I'm not dead is that, like, at the beginning, everybody wanted it to be, quote, for real. Oh, no. Fundamental misunderstanding of how this works. Yeah, and then I had somebody throw a milk crate at me full force. Oh, my God. And it hit the ground, rolled, and then immediately, like, went right into my shin. And after that, I was like, all right, we're going to learn some mat wrestling. <laughs> um, and this is going to be a lot less, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot less fight club. I So that's, I think that's the challenge that I was facing in this, is that we actually did see a match in which fake wrestling. Yeah, most, I mean, back pro- wrestling is usually fake. You know, quote. Uh, well, it's simu- it's simulated pro yeah. wrestling, and that they do all those moves, but they're kind of trying to be real about it. Yeah, which is a very good way to die to die a terrible yeah. table related death. Um, so to be so like I have been like between the weekly and the daily classes, I have been training for about five months. Okay. Um, and that's multiple times a week. Yeah, I'm still not. Like perfect, and and I'm I don't even know if I'm great or mm-hmm. even like like good at bumps at the falling back. You know, there's certain still some certain bumps that I'm still struggling to take. It took me months of doing it over and over and over for me to do a beel bump, which is like one of the most basic bumps in wrestling. I've only just now like gotten to a point where like I can get enough height that I'm not nearly breaking my neck every time or forcing myself to go sideways. You know, so, uh, you know, when most wrestling schools, when they start you, they just make you bump. They don't let you touch anybody. Like, they just make you bump for months and just learn how to do the bumps so that it's that that is committed to muscle memory. Um, Because the thing is with wrestling, thing with any, you know, you can do, you can spend your life doing, learning Taekwondo or Aikido or, you know, any martial art. You can become the best at it. You can still be fucking beat. By someone who ambushes you with a stick or something. Yeah. Like, all you can, all that self-defense, all fighting, any of that can teach you is just to make the most of whatever scenario that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with bumps. Like, the point of learning how to do all these bumps correctly is so that if you fall weird, Mm -hmm. if your opponent drops you, whatever, that you can, through that muscle memory, not panic. And not fucking break your arms trying to catch or fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that is what makes backyard wrestling 
Specifically, that is specifically what makes backyard wrestling so unsafe is that they don't learn bumps. They don't take bumps while they're, you know, we saw a lot of... Everybody wants to be the alpha. So even in the actual, like, genuine fake wrestling that we saw, or, like, the the wrestling that had, was the closest to pro wrestling and that it was a ball of power tossed back and forth, none of them could sell being, like, hit because they all wanted to be the star hitting somebody. Yeah. So there's that. Toxic masculinity is toxic. Um, but it's it's also a very good way to end up with, like, people were getting really hit with, like, metal chairs. Yeah. Like, there's just, it, it was, like, this weird combination between, like, amateur boxing and pro wrestling, which is what I remember about pro wrestling fans when I was in elementary school, is it was just constantly, like, short little kids going, ah, and punching each other in the dick. Um, and this was it sort of grown up, but now there are chairs and tables involved. Um, and, and, and that's what I kind of like wanted to kind of do the, the jackass intersection. Cause that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. It was like, it was like, don't try this at home, but it's people hurting themselves in ways we find funny and ways that could be catastrophic for them. <laughs> To kind of assert masculinity and kind of doofiness. You know, uh, Backyard Wrestling's gotten two video games. How many Juggalos were in them? Um, it's, uh... In the, in, in, in the... In the sense that, you that like, you know, Juggalo's not a binary state. Uh, sure, and sure. people can have degrees of Juggaloness. Yep. And... And in the same sense that there are an infinite number of uh, numbers between zero and uh, one, and none of them are two, um, all of them. Yeah. Everyone. I was sort of thinking that as, well, and I mean, some of that was because we'd watch these, the amateur videos, and then there would be some guy in, in Juggalo makeup. So some of it was that I had a tip off that maybe the Juggalos were involved. Uh, no offense to the Juggalos out there, uh, but it did seem sort of like the county fair... Yeah. Take an even more do-it-yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm like... I'm just worried about all of you, okay? <laughs> I'm just worried. Like, they're supposed to... It's supposed to be fake, guys. Um, what is that? Is it just backing up the entire block? Because it's the backup noise. Oh. Where a truck backs up. Okay. Um, I just bring that up because it's like... Uh, it's interesting how, like, backyard wrestling... I mean, nobody would agree... Nobody would agree that, like, backyard wrestling is, like, professional. Yeah. Right? Or that no, it's... No, it's, it's very amateur. Right. But, I mean, like, it is interesting how, in a sense, like, even as we make fun of backyard wrestling, even as, like, backyard wrestling is still largely a joke, like... It still gets more pop culture traction than women's wrestling. Ooh. You know? Like, you know, there were two, like, backyard wrestling, there was, you know, a two-part, two like, franchise of backyard wrestling, which got like, actual professional wrestlers and musicians mm -hmm. to get involved, you know? And, like, women's wrestling is still getting, like, rest, women's wrestling has rumble roses. It's reckless. Yeah. And I am not sure that I give points to people that are reckless for recklessness. I don't see it as inherently brave. That's the difference. 
And because what to me it says is that we didn't calculate how gravity was going to work in this situation and now we're really hurt. So that's kind of my issue with backyard <laughs> wrestling is it's not so much that the people are do it, that do it are stupid and not worth of my time. And, but more like, I'm like, oh my God, think this all the way through and take care of yourself. Like learn bumps, learn how to take a hit, learn how to sell a move so that you're not just getting punched in the face. Um, please, mama worries. <laughs> I was very disturbed by what I saw tonight. <laughs> so like, that's kind of more my concern. And, and like, I feel like pro wrestling and I mean, I was not a kid when I watched it, but when I see it, I'm like, there's a lot of like, do a move and then walk around. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like, you know, drama in that sense. Whereas this was, it was kind of like chaos, mm -hmm. which is cool. Like, I mean, that's two different styles. Um, but I think by virtue of that, it kind of it becomes real fighting instead of it becoming like worked, like choreograph everything. Um, I think at that point also, um, <laughs> Make sure that your uh, cool sauntery walkway is bolted down. <laughs> there was a lot of structural issues that I know they did to relate to the wrestling. It wasn't just people doing backflips off of the roof. Some of it was that nobody had like clamped down any of the materials. Yeah. There was one where like uh, where like a kid does a move into a lawn chair and the, and the leg just breaks off. Yeah. Or one when a guy jumps off of a ladder lands on the person in such a way but it also it's plywood so it bends and it bows and it flicks the ladder and then it hits the other person in the head like on one hand that's like a mathematical miracle yeah and on the other hand are you okay <laughs> This one was the most upsetting for me. Yeah? Yeah. See, when you did backyard wrestling, were things uh, bolted down? No. Um, oh, we, God! I mean, but I, I, we, like, for us, it was just, like, wrestling. We were just, like, rolling around in, like, one... What we, we called them greenways. Okay. Like, it's, like... Uh, so, in the neighborhood... Like, in parts of Arizona where I lived, like, your neighborhood would have these... Um, would have these like lawn, like public lawns mm -hmm. um, that would be grass, and then there would be like you know a lot of landscaping around it, basically to give it the illusion of like you know fertility, basically of like of having fertile grass like in this like fucking just dirt nowhere. Yeah. Um, right. Oh, right, Arizona. Yeah. Got so it like now. so like a lot of like subdivisions in Phoenix have those. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. A, you know, it's like yeah. Um, and we would wrestle in them because there was just nothing else really to do with those. I mean, you could also walk dogs if you had them, but like, um, what are we McCain's? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> no, I like, this is, um, yeah, I'm just living my youth right now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, we would all, we would all get together after school. We would go to, we would go to like, the kids we would go to this like kid's house whose parents just like collected junk i realize now that he lived with hoarders but we just thought that they were like 
you know. So many of my friends' grandparents, it was the same deal. Yeah. And, like, the grandparents would kind of be in denial about it because they'd buy the kid gifts all the time. Remember yeah. those Barbies that you were never allowed to take out of the box because they were yeah. limited edition? It yeah. It was that. And so we would just, like, bring all these, like, various, like, junk stuff, and then we would just, like, do these matches. Um, I used to have this move. Um, uh, I used to have... Uh, uh, Cactus Jack, who's like one of my favorite wrestlers, he Mick Foley, uh, who played the Cactus Jack, him, he used to have this like thing where he would, he would go to pile drive you, but instead of wrapping his arms around your body, he would like grab onto your tights from your butt, so he would basically just like lift you up by your tights and pile drive, pile drive you. Okay, it looked horrible. Right, um, looked nasty to take. So I would do this thing where I would like pretend I was giving my opponent a wedgie. And then lifting them up into a DDT with the wedgie. Um, that was like my finisher move as a backyard wrestler. So are backyard wrestlers sort of inherently young? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly like high school, yeah. early. I mean, honestly, I'm going to have kind of a hot take here where like, I mean, there's some quote, extreme or hardcore wrestling promotions that I feel are basically indistinguishable from backyard wrestling. Gotcha. Um, like a lot of early CZW stuff. Um, so, I mean, there are some old uh, backyard wrestlings. And there's still, you know, there, there are here in California backyard wrestling promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes these the backyard wrestlers come wrestle for, like, you know, pro- like professional wrestling promotions. Um, where they can, you know, they're known, they're, they are, uh, known for being able to like take weapon shots or being punched, but they're just not great at bumping. Yeah. Um, it does sort of seem like backyard wrestling is like one big long mugging. Well, there was a moral panic about it. Oh, interesting. Tell yeah. Me more. So we're a couple years apart. So like when I was in. Uh, when I was in, like, the junior high and high school era, this is, like, during the time of the Attitude Era in WWE, where okay, it was, like, yeah, so close to Boston. You're a little, little earlier. So yeah. there was this moral panic around backyard wrestling. Because this is around the time that people started filming themselves backyard wrestling. Right. And the people were, were playing tapes, which we totally did in our backyard wrestling. Sure. Um, uh, oh, the 90s. Yeah. And so, like, there was, like, on Dateline and, like, all of these, like, you know, the special... Like grown-up moral panic shows, is there would be like is wrestling and heavy metal making people murderers. Right? Yeah, it would be like you know this this issue sweeping you know the country of like you know people you know and people have always done that. People have always you know like you know like wrestling has always been a thing where people watched it and were like, oh, I want to do that and did it. I mean, that's like how literally how this workout started. It was just yeah. what made it different this time around is that. You know, uh, these were these were fans who did not necessarily, you know, who who identified mostly with the stunt level of yes. wrestling that was so emblematic of the attitude era of yeah, wrestling, yeah, yeah. and that's where the sort of the moral panic came in. It's like it was, it, you know, the extreme, the hardcore wrestling. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like grappling on the grass at school, which you know kids have always done, and you know, sure. as you know, as part of like their fandom of wrestling, but mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah, so, like, in a sense, yeah, it was, um, it was, like, in a sense, like, a long... I attribute all of Moral Panic to Tipper Gore, and I know that it is not her fault for all of it, she's, but I'm just, like... 
I'm just like tipper at it again. Uh, we filmed. We would watch. Uh, we would watch the tapes of our backyard wrestling, but it was mostly just because uh, we we would just like to watch the bloopers. I so mean, that's what backyard wrestling so far has been in yeah. my experience, is one big, long, really terrible blooper reel where, like, the stunt guy dies. Uh, I remember, like, the like the equivalent, I guess, of, like, my first viral video uh, was a video that my friends and I made of us wrestling where, so we were on a trampoline, and I'm on the trampoline, I'm on the trampoline, and... Waiting for my brother to come running, jump off of a... He's running on the ground. So he's already, like, below like below You're way below level. you. By, by, by so, about four feet. So yeah. he's, like, he runs. He jumps off of, like, an old Fisher Price chair that we had. And jumping off the chair onto the, the trampoline. Basically, around this time, there's these wrestlers called the Hardy Boys. Who were doing a lot of shit where they were running off of chairs or off of each other and jumping onto things. And they got that from this wrestler named Sabu. Um, and my brother ran and he jumped and he put his foot right through the Fisher Price chair and then tripped and just like hit the, the side of the trampoline. And I was a total professional. I laid there. Until he just, like, rolled on to the trampoline to pin me. You know, my brother grew apart. My brother and I grew apart over those years. But, like, you know, he can never say that I didn't love him because I... Let him pin me after after I and everyone else saw him totally just eat shit uh, on a trampoline. I just want to go on the for record and say, you know, I just had tea parties. But this works too. (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, my sister and I used to do... I think it was mostly gymnastics. Gymnastics is really the wrestling of yeah. like femmes. Yeah. So I'm like, I could definitely do like a like a back tuck. No. <laughs> and that's how you end up eating a lot of grass. Well, I'm glad you're both alive. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I did a cartwheel for the first time, like, all the way, like, and not, and not just, like, I don't mean to say that, like, I am doing a series of cartwheels, and this is the one that actually meets the criteria of a cartwheel. Like, literally, we were like, all right, everyone, do a cartwheel for this drill. And I was like, I don't know if I could do it. And then, like, I did it, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I can still do mine. Um, I remember my mother's last cartwheel. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was 35. She had long hair and she was wearing jeans. And, you know, like, it's at that point when you're, like, a little kid. Like, again, like, gymnastics for, I think, young femme and young girls, um, people, is very, very, very important. Like, it's, like, it's it's, it's all the elements of strength, but hidden under the guise of elegance. Um, And so she was teaching us how to do cartwheels and, like, 
do tucks. I remember I was like, show me how to do a cartwheel, show me how to do a cartwheel, because, like, you know, basically you're just, like, hopping over and falling over because you're, like, not that good at coordination. And she did it. Um, and I remember she came up, she's like, and that's my last one. <laughs> Never doing it again. And so I'm like, okay, new life goal. I am going to be able to do a cartwheel when I'm 36. <laughs> Suck it, Ma. <laughs> and I, I, I hadn't done them for probably about 10 years until I was, like, in college. So they had, like, space to do it. Yeah. Because it's, like, it is actually hard to find enough space for you to, like, do that, especially when you're, like, a big, like, when you're, like, six foot like I am. And so I did it, and it's always, it's it does kind of, like, that I can still do. Back hip circles, not so much, but I can still do cartwheels. <clears throat> All right, so if... If, like, WWE is, like... Okay, if WWE was Britney Spears, mm-hmm. um, what would backyard wrestling be? Jessica Simpson. Ooh. That is, uh... Is, I think we would call that damning with faint praise. That's, <laughs> like... <laughs> I think it's a stone-cold burn. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Or Jessica. But didn't she marry a football player? It all it, it all works. Yeah. Like, all of America's pastimes are mimicking brute work. Yeah. Like, there, there's something always inherently farm labor-y, butter churny about everything that we make Americana. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um... Yeah, so I think I would say Jessica Simpson. Um, if you could wrestle as any pop star from the '90s, like that was your gimmick, what would it be? Ooh, 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 ooh! Um, any pop star from the '90s? If you say Oasis, I will kick you off this podcast. I mean, I almost want to say, could I say, uh, I want to say Tattoo, even though that's not pure 90s, just because... Um, they were my first lesbians, I think. I really identify uh, as a <clears throat> as a Germanic lady, as a, as a vaguely uh, Eastern European-seeming <laughs> passing lady, um, whose uh, sexuality is both uh, exploited and invisibilized uh, by society. Um, though I also have to say that Tattoo are also, like, uh, either pro-Putin stands now or, uh, made to be pro-Putin stands. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, yeah, one of the members of Tattoo is like, it was cool when I was a lesbian, but I wouldn't want my son to be gay. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I mean, like, that, that's very true. It's like, that, that's back when, like, lesbianism was something that Madonna did at the halftime show for ratings. Yeah. Um. And and then in order to be a pow- powerful lesbian you, lesbian, you have to have a harem of young women that you are kind of like maneuvering in bridal gear. Um, but yeah, I loved tattoo when I was growing up. Uh, I loved. I liked the school the schoolgirl thing, not because it is my thing, but because I was a schoolgirl at the time. Yeah, and there was something kind of comforting about that. Is like, um, and it was femme on femme, which yeah. is like so. 
again, it's like played up for male fantasy, but it was just like, I'm like, oh, this might be made for me. Uh, but yes, uh, bummer about that Putin thing. Bummer about that Putin. <laughs> uh, Putin things, things that Putin has meddled in, in order of atrociousness. Uh, pop star lesbianism, American <laughs> elections. That's true. God, he's so short. Pass it on. <laughs> They're going to play this at our funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are going to be next week. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Jetta, having re- re- gone through all those clips, now, which kind of wrestling would you be most interested in? I mean, still... Because you've done a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I still, like... I mean, I still... I mean, I don't it, I don't think it's fair to compare, like, sumo mm-hmm. or, like, Turkish Indian, uh, Turkish oil wrestling mm-hmm. to cat fighting um, because, like, they're, they're way different. I mean, like, you know, sumo and oil wrestling is, you know, that's part of, like, a different family tree of just, yeah, yeah. like, you know, wrestling. Uh, but, I mean... If I was a if I was if I was a male, I would probably do sumo wrestling. Okay. Because uh, eating, you know, I'm yes. a, I'm I'm a I'm a lady, uh, um, and still eating the idea of eating like ten thousand pound ten thousand calories of like shrimp and noodles a day sounds so sublime. Yeah. Um. And I know that we only subsist on salads and air. Yeah. But like. That noodle thing? Mm. Yeah. Um, Love me some noodles. You know, I've, I this is a joke that I've been telling a lot is that, you know, I I now understand why women date men because <laughs> I would prefer to wrestle other women. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just a gay thing, but also just like, you know, I want... Uh, like I want to wrestle within my own. I want to. I want to wrestle with someone who I can like, kind of physically and emotionally resonate with. Yeah. In the context of the sport, like I've had really great moments in wrestling and training with men. It's just not the same as like when I, like when I grapple with or spar with my tag team partner. It's mm-hmm. just not the same. Um, you know, I still support the shit out of intergender wrestling, and I will probably do a lot of it, but. You know, I would prefer, like, yeah, if I'm going to be put in, uh, you know, uh, head scissors, like, ten times in a row, um, I'd rather be done by another, like, another femme. Yeah. Um, but I don't get that. Like, nope. because that's just, like, not how the demographic is skewed. So, like, you know, I wrestle with, like, 95%, you know, men. Mm-hmm. And so then I've, like, found one or two that are tolerable. Yep. <laughs> That's a pretty good percentage, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now I understand, like, why. Um, And I made that joke yesterday to, like, at a dinner with, like, me and, like, three straight friends. And then, like, I was like, yeah, now I get it. And then, like, there was this pause. And someone was like, you know, I'm not that straight. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) When when you put it that way. Well, and so I explained to you. You said, I get why people date men now. And I said, I don't think you do. Men are just incredibly available. Yeah. And you said, so available. <laughs> Extremely online. Yeah, they are. They are. The little green check mark is next to every dude at all yeah. times. So with, the, with, that, with that in mind, like, I probably wouldn't enjoy session wrestling as much because it wouldn't be, 
Like, I love wrestling, you know, I love wrestling men that are wrestlers, mm-hmm. but I cannot imagine, like, I cannot imagine putting on, like, my best face of makeup to then, like, you know, put a guy in fucking cargo pants. Yeah. Or, like, wear, yeah, to, like, um, to just, like, put a headlock on a guy with a boner, you know? Yeah. It's such a Tuesday activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. If you're gonna if you're gonna go big, you want somebody else to put in the same amount of work. And the thing about femmes is that they often will. Yeah. Sometimes uh, butches do as well. Mask people, absolutely. Like I don't want to say that you cannot be dapper because you definitely can. But I I often don't meet a lot of dapper wrestlers necessarily, or especially in the session like wrestling capacity where it's like, well, I'm paying you to come over to provide me a service, so what do I have to dress up for? Yeah. Um. Because I think, like, at the end of the day, they really don't want you to be, quote, into it. Because um, it's all about them. And so I could see that being a thing. I think... I think I'd have to, like... The oil wrestling, it makes... Again, I really think I'm going to blow up my knees with that. Yeah. So I probably would be more... In, well, actually, session wrestling kind of, like, feeds into my fear of, like getting into a situation with a, some uh, uh, where a guy would like take advantage of me because he's confused as to how the arrangement works. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a little bit of my wariness of sex work in general. And I'm sure there are a lot of sex workers out there. Where it's like, good for you. Uh, that is a privileged position to be in. And you know what? They're right. <laughs> but you know, it, part of me does worry that like, I, and I think some of it is the backyard wrestling feeds into it where it's like when people read this as a real thing, they behave as if it's a real thing. And what you're really doing in a lot of pro-American wrestling is you're coming in and you're agreeing upon a certain level of fantasy. Yeah. Um, transaction. And I think that's what I like about wrestling now is that I'm like, we've all bought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like theater. We've all bought in. Like, I'm like, okay, um, like, I believe that you are from space. Like, I just, I, you, you go with it. And like, and the audience feeds off of that. And I, and I, and I love that so much. And so, yeah. And that's what I like about wrestling. Jenna, where can you be found? <laughs> uh, I can be found at J-E-T-T-A underscore R-A-E. Um, you can find my food blog, fryhavoc.com. Uh, I'm gonna start With another stuff. amazing post this week. Thank you. I'm going to start posting stuff every week, uh, oh. sometimes more if I can. Um, you can find us online at glowthedistance.xyz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're also on Facebook at Glow the Distance. Yep. Um, we're on Twitter at Glow the Distance. Yep. Uh, we're on Instagram at Glow the Distance. We are. And you're on Instagram. I am. I'm at Fuck Yeah Lauren Parker. I can also be found on Twitter, Lauren Inc. I N K. Uh, my current little header is uh, Elonifant Musk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Uh, you can uh, find my website, laurenyparker.com. You can also pledge my Patreon if you'd like to send us some money. Uh, we, we can always use money to buy more gear or go to more shows. So Lauren, uh, patreon.com slash laurenparker. And uh, rate us on iTunes. Share us with your friends. Um, if, you don't have a friend that, if you don't have a friend that's into wrestling, that's cool. Most of the time we talk about things that aren't wrestling. Sometimes yeah. we talk about witchcraft. Like, what? Yeah. Um. I'm glad we did this episode. Me too. I needed a break, especially since the next couple episodes are going to be pretty emotionally intense. So prepare for that. And we will uh, be sending you out another episode next week. Yeah. And uh, we...
I did my best to show you the world. You, you traveled the world with me. See, here's the funny thing. Hercules has a song, their big theme song for Hercules is Go the Distance. Oh, neat. I'm on my way. I can glow the distance. Which is actually the inspiration for this name. Oh. <laughs> How did I not know that? I've been on this podcast for two seasons. <laughs> Well, Jetta, we're all champions in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's as good a, a way as any. All right. <laughs> <laughs>